0: on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's the Mark K Show. Listen, like, share. (laughs) <laughs> I got more. I mean, hey, what's up, man? I'll tell you what, what a crazy day. It's Friday the 13th, and it sure does feel like it, doesn't it? Some weird and some bizarre and some wacky, scary things are happening. Uh, I'm going to walk you through all of them. By the way, important personal programming note. Uh, my mom, yesterday, I think I mentioned uh, we had my mother went to the hospital. She's okay, and she's got some heart palpitations or problems. Or Look, you know what? After 42 years of being my mother, uh, obviously... It's, you know, it's, it's too much for one person to handle. So uh, and she's getting some tests. She's there now. If my phone should ring or vibrate or if you see me look at my my uh, my iPhone and go, oh, my God, and bolt out of here, then, uh, you know, just don't worry about it. Just know that, that that's a possibility. Uh, otherwise, you know, I'll be here. I'll be here for the duration. Hopefully, I stop streaming before I leave. Otherwise, you might be staring at this wooden wall for like, uh, it's a nice wall, but you you don't want to stare at it for more than a few hours. First of all, before we get into the three, you know what? Let's talk about the three big things uh, that are going on today. Three. Three. Oh, let me turn that up a little bit so you can hear it. Three. Three. That's better. Celebrities still hate Donald Trump so much so that they've started singing about it. Yes, they were attacking Donald Trump with their words. Now they're just attacking him with their voices. It's really, it's like an assault on his ears. All of ours, really. I'll play you the horrible song that Hollywood has thrown together now. Also, Two. Obama's love affair with Cuba is over and Cubans are not happy about it, especially the ones trying to come to the United States of America. They're going all, they're they are like a jilted lover. They're like Amy Fisher and they're going to go all, you know, marry Joe Buttafuoco uh, on uh, on Barack Obama here in just a minute. And finally, one. Joe Biden is, according to the president, Uh, The best vice president this country's ever seen. It's true. He said he literally said that today, which in my humble opinion, I mean, that pretty much amounts to, well, I mean, fake news. Oh, hold on. Where's the that's the wrong clip. Where's my oh, here it is. Never mind. You know what? I'll get it all together. Here, That amounts to fake news. You are fake news. That was much better. That worked a lot better. Uh, before we start, before we dive into that, because I'm going to start with the Joe Biden thing, I'm going to make a lot of enemies. So before I start making enemies, I'd like you to share this with your friends. Uh, go ahead and hit the share button. Go ahead and hit the like button. Make sure that everybody on your Facebook feed knows that we are live right now that we are going to be discussing these very important and also not important at all issues for the next like 40 minutes or so. Uh, It's really easy to do. Share, like. If you're listening on iTunes to the podcast, by all means, spread the love by leaving a review or by by giving us five stars or by just, you know, word of mouth. Text a couple people, text them the link and say, hey, you got to hear this. You ain't going to believe it. Uh, because a lot of things I say, people don't they don't believe I don't I don't believe it either. I don't believe it either. Anyway. All right. So let's start with Joe Biden. OK, let's start with Joe Biden, because today Joe Biden and Barack Obama, basically Obama gave uh, this speech for Bar- for Joe Biden. And it was supposed to be a farewell. You know, the other day, Barack Obama gave his really lengthy farewell speech where he said, here's all these problems I'm leaving you with. Now go fix them. Well, this time around it was it was his turn to talk about Joe Biden. And he got up there and he said some really interesting things. Among them was the I mean to me the most interesting was this. Uh,
1: as I have already delivered my farewell address, I will try to be relatively brief. Uh, but I just wanted to get some folks together to pay tribute to somebody who's not only been by my side for the duration of this amazing journey, but somebody who has devoted his entire professional life to service to this country. The best vice president America's ever had, Mr. Joe Biden.
0: The best vice president America has ever seen, Joe Biden. The best vice president. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement. And look, and I'm not here to poop on Joe Biden's parade. This was a great day for him. He received the American uh, Medal of Freedom or the uh, Congressional Medal of Freedom, which I'll or Presidential Medal of Freedom, rather, which I'll get to here in just a minute, because I don't think that was appropriate either. And I'm not trying to say anything bad about Joe Biden as a person. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. In fact, all I ever hear about is what a great guy Joe Biden, to know Joe Biden is to love him. Even his Republican counterparts and colleagues in the Senate think that Joe Biden is just, well, he's just the bee's knees, man. He is just, he's just the bee's knees. Everybody seems to love Joe Biden. My problem is that I don't necessarily think that Joe Biden was the best vice president America has ever seen. First of all, how do you even quantify something like that? How do you quantify? What are we, what are we basing that on? Because I'll be honest with you, the vice president, the role of vice president is notoriously known as the least important job in government on all levels, local, national, state, I mean, we have here in Duval County, Florida, we have soil and water conservation district commissioners with more power, more importance, and who make a more resounding effect on America than many of the vice presidents in history. In fact, the vice president only has two distinct responsibilities. Only two. The Constitution says, here are the two things the vice president needs to do. Number one, if the vice president dies, I'm sorry, if the president dies, God forbid, if the president is assassinated, uh, dies by natural causes or otherwise unnatural causes, gets in a car accident, whatever, If or even if the president is no longer in a mental capacity to do the job, which I'll be honest with you, I think our current president has not been in the mental capacity to do the job pretty much from the get-go, but that's my personal opinion, uh, and no one ever no one ever really asked for it. So if the, if the president is incapable of doing the job or just perishes in some horrible way, the vice president steps in and becomes comes the President of the United States. that is the primary goal. that's the primary duty of the vice President and Joe Biden he never did that. He never did that Now he didn't have the opportunity I'm sure if he did, he would have but he never did. So there you go. there's one duty that he never actually accomplished. The second really important thing that the vice president is supposed to do is be President of the Senate. What does President of the Senate mean? It basically means if there's ever a deadlock, 50-50, because in the Constitution, they gave every state two senators, and then they realized, oh, man, that means that there could be a deadlock, because it could be a 50-50 vote. And that's happened in the past. Uh, you then they said, why? The vice president, who is the president of the Senate, gets to cast the deciding vote. Okay, that's very important. That's. Where I could see that that's an important job. I could see if, you know, maybe there's some crucial piece of legislation that really affects you, uh, your family, your income, your retirement, your health care, uh, you, the personal security, any of those things. If there's a piece of legislation that's so important, and it's, and it's and it's deadlocked in the Senate. You are the only person who has the power to push it one way or the other. Either make America just this amazing bastion of greatness, or you could topple it over the edge with one of the most horrible pieces of legislation ever brought to the uh, House floor. Either way, it's an important position to be in. Joe Biden has cast a, a tie-breaking vote in the Senate in the last eight years, a grand total of zero times. Zero. He's never faced a tiebreaker. He's never had to go in there. He's never been called to the chamber. Mr. Vice President, we need you. We're deadlocked 50 50 or 48 48 or 30 30. Because let's face it, nobody ever shows up for these things. Zero times has you can see right there. Number of tiebreaking votes. Zero. I even highlighted it. Joe Biden. Democrat. He's the two goals or the two major uh, responsibilities of the vice president, fill in for the president should he die and break a tie in the Senate. Joe Biden's done neither of those. So how, how how does that quantify him? How does that make him the greatest vice president, the best vice president America has ever known? That's like me saying, that's like me saying my ficus plant is the best ficus plant America has ever known. By the way. It's not. It's a horrible ficus plant. It's ugly. It just sits there. I don't think it's producing as much oxygen as it should because that's why I got it to produce like, uh, that's why you never, that's why it's over there in the corner. But I mean, that's basically, the vice president is the ficus plant of the Oval Office. They're just supposed to sit there, look pretty and wait to take over should the vice, should the president die. And now think about this because that's happened. That's happened a lot of different times. Uh, Lyndon Johnson, for example, he had to take over as president when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And that was a tumultuous time. There was a, lot of, uh, there was a lot of stuff going on in the country. Everybody loved Kennedy. So not only did Johnson have to jump into a role that is, I mean, it's stressful enough if you're elected to the position, let alone if you have to take over when one of the most beloved presidents of all time, of all time, sorry, I'm stealing a line from Kanye, uh, was assassinated. I mean, talk about jumping into a position that is stressful. And he did it. And a lot of people would say he did it really well. Doesn't it seem like he would have been chosen as the best VP in American history? Doesn't seem like he's a good candidate. Or what about Truman? We were in the middle of a freaking war. Roosevelt dies. He was popular. He served like four terms almost. Truman jumps in, petrified with fear, in the middle of a war has to go from being really a nothing to being everything, the entire world looking at you, the fate of America and Europe and Asia resting on your shoulders. Like first day on the job. He came through pretty well. He won a re-election, barely, but he won it. He ended World War II. I mean, Truman, I think, would be... What about any of the other presidents who took over? Truman took over for Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. What about him? He took over. Uh, he did, he took over uh, for who was it? Who died in office? McKinley. McKinley died in office. Roosevelt became president. Andrew Johnson after the assassination uh, assassination of Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War. Chester A. Arthur or Calvin Coolidge. These are all vice presidents who did really the only thing that the vice presidency was designed for. They became president when the president kicked it. And Joe Biden didn't even do that. And. As we see before, he didn't even he didn't even get any votes. He he'd done nothing for eight years. Look at this. Look at Chester A. Arthur. Chester A. Arthur became president after Garfield died, so he got to do that, and he also had three tie breaking votes. As did Millard Fillmore, who took over when Zachary Taylor died. But neither one of them were presented the Presidential Medal of Freedom. That's mainly because it didn't exist back then. It didn't come around until John F. Kennedy created it in like uh, in the sixties. But that's neither here nor there. I Look, let's go back to this one here. Look at Dick Cheney. If anyone's going to say there's a vice president in the last 20 or 30 years who did more to affect American politics than any other, it's Dick Cheney. Because Dick Cheney, not only did he break, I mean, look at that, uh, the rank of all the vice presidents in history, he was ranked eighth. He had eight tie-breaking votes, very important pieces of legislation that he decided himself. He was the deciding factor. Not only that, but he was, uh, during 9-11 and the war in Iraq that ensued and Afghanistan, he was a top military advisor to President George W. Uh, yeah, George W. Bush. I mean, he was, he was key. He was in that office. He was like more of a vice president. He was more of a, an assistant president than he was vice president. A lot of people hated him for that, but that's the reason why. Nobody hates Joe Biden. You know why? He don't do nothing. None- <laughs> If you don't do anything, you won't get hated. You won't be hated. If I sat here in my office alone talking to myself and never went on Facebook, you wouldn't see all these trolls in the comments. You wouldn't see all these people writing on my wall. Why am I following this fool? How did I start following this idiot? These are actual comments that people leave for me. The reason people don't like me is because I actually do something. Winston Churchill once said, if you have enemies, be glad. It means you've actually accomplished something. That's why Joe Bi- that's why uh that's why Joe Biden so loved and Dick Cheney so hated because everyone knew that the the decisions that George Bush was making, the controversial decisions George Bush was making, he was a huge part of. So, I mean if you're looking for If you're looking for vice presidents who could really be be called the best vice president America has ever seen. Look, Joe Biden didn't harm the United States in any way. I'm sure if something, God forbid, had happened to Barack Obama or if he had to just resign for whatever reason, because I don't know, maybe it was proven that he wasn't born in this country, whatever. It doesn't matter if something had happened and and Joe Biden had to jump in. I'm sure he would have done a great job. But the fact of the matter is he didn't even do that and he didn't even vote the Senate. So we really don't know if he was the best vice president. One of the most low key, absolutely. What about John Adams? What do I like, I mean, here's the thing. Let's talk about the first vice president ever. He was one of the founders of this country. He pushed in the Continental Congress for a Declaration of Independence, which he then helped author. He helped Thomas Jefferson write the Declaration of Independence. He served not only as vice president for two terms, but he served as president after that. He went to Amsterdam and secured millions of dollars in loans in the 1700s, which is a lot of money, just so that America could stay afloat after defeating the British. And then he went to Great Britain after... You know, having whooped their red coat wearing tea drinking taxard newspaper butts. And he and he's and he successfully negotiated a peace treaty with the with the country that we uh, that we declared independence from and that we broke away from and that we just got out of a war with. Then, of course, he went on to not just have a son who went on to be president, not only did he give birth to a future president, well, he didn't give birth, he helped. And the Abigail was the one who gave. But not only that, he had a cousin who made beer. One of the most popular beers in the entire, in the entire country. So I, my, vote goes, uh, my vote goes to John Adams if we're voting. If we can posthumously give out these medals, it goes to John Adams. The best part of this, uh, the best part of this ceremony, though, wasn't even Barack Obama claiming that Joe Biden was the best VP in the, in the uh, history of America. The best part was when he started paying himself compliments. Listen, listen to this.
1: It was eight and a half years ago that I chose Joe to be my vice president. There has not been a single moment since that time that I've doubted the wisdom of that decision.
0: The wisdom of my decision. <laughs> this guy, the air, I mean, the air, this is not him complimenting Joe Biden. It may sound like it to the untrained here, but it's Barack Obama Complimenting himself, the wisdom of my decision. I've never doubted the wisdom of my decision. It wasn't, I chose Joe Biden. He was great. Therefore, I am great. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, this is something I'm not going to miss. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I'm not going to miss this from Barack Obama. Joe Biden was a great VP. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'll give you that. But taking credit for him being agreed, uh, I made a decision eight years ago to choose Joe Biden. And that, man, I look back and think to myself every day, I am so wise. I have never, I've never thought I'm not wise a day for the last eight and a half years. I thought, man, Joe Biden's great. I am really, really, really smart. You know, look, everyone does. My boss takes credit for hiring me, too. And, and that's what I guess that's what executives do. You know they'll go. They'll go into a meeting and they'll say, "Well, the ratings are up and the revenue's up and uh, you know we're making lots of money and we're very popular and it's all because of uh, you know the Marquez show and it's all because of this person in the afternoon and all these salespeople that we hired." And what happens? Everyone applauds and goes, "Great job! You've done a great job with that. You've done a great job there." I'm sure it happens where you work, too. Whether you work at a car dealership, you go out there every day, you bust your butt pushing Kias and Hyundais and Toyotas and maybe even you sell American cars. I'm sure there's some people that still do. I'm sure there's some people that still buy them and you go out there and every day and you call your friends and you, uh, you are, you are customer service oriented and you make sure that every person you sell a car to has a great experience and you can keep in, in contact with them. And a year, two years later, you say, look, maybe you, I could get you a good deal, get you in a new car. You know, we have this new, we've got a remodeled body design. I know you're having a baby. Let's get you a bigger family model. Let's keep it coming. Every time there's service, you're making sure that they're happy with their service department. You're sending out Christmas cards. You're doing everything you can, going out there, trying to sell as many vehicles to as many people as possible and getting that repeat business. So much so that the dealership you work for has a banner year, makes millions of dollars. And what happens? Your boss gets a huge check from the company that, uh, you're, that, whose cars you're selling, Toyota or GMC or Ford, and says, great job on a banner year. Congratulations. And your boss goes on vacation. And all because you work so hard. Maybe that's it. Although, as we've already stated, Joe Biden doesn't even work hard. And Barack Obama uh, takes enough vacations. And we all know who pays for it. You do. And I do. We pay for it. We pay for it. We do. Anyway, uh, that's what happened with Joe. Oh, there's one more Joe Biden comment that uh, Barack Obama before he gave him the, the, uh, the
1: Presidential Medal of Freedom, he had this to this say. This also gives the internet one last chance to <laughs> talk about our bromance. That's probably the most,
0: that's probably the most truthful statement because, th- I mean, that was the biggest accomplishment that Joe Biden gave us. It was the memes. It was when you remember Joe Biden, what are you going to remember? Are you going to remember all the tie-breaking votes that he cast? Are you going to remember the fact that he took over when times were tough or when Barack Obama was no longer able to or when he was impeached? No, because none of that happened. All you're going to remember about Joe Biden are the memes. You're going to remember the video of the baby crying or moving his head when he tried to kiss him. You're going to remember all those memes about the horrible things he's doing to the White House when Donald Trump comes in, hiding the pens and making crank calls. Joe Biden is a meme. And that's, I think, why people like him. That's, I think, why people like him. I know the trolls are going to go crazy because I'm pooping on Joe Biden. But I just don't think, I just don't, here's the thing, I just don't think that when you look at something like the Presidential Medal of Freedom, I don't think it should be treated as a Hold on, I think my Facebook went away. Oh no, is it still there? Oh no, did they take down my Facebook page? I think they took down my Facebook page. I just don't think that you should treat the Presidential Medal of Freedom the way you would treat a a uh, participation trophy in football. I just don't think that's I don't think that should be I don't think it should be like that. I think if you're, if, you're, if you're doing something like awarding the Presidential Medal of Freedom to somebody, it should be to somebody who did something stellar and exemplary and made a, a, a positive contribution uh, to the United States of America. All right. So that's that. Let's move on from Joe Biden because, oh my God, I really think, I'm going to be honest with you, I really think that Facebook just took down my page. Because my page is no longer available. Right in the middle of my broadcast, my page, for whatever reason, on Facebook is no longer available. See if you can go see it. Facebook.com slash Mark K fans. It says, uh, sorry, something went wrong. We're working on getting this fixed as soon as we can. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's, that's, that's horrible. <laughs> oh, wait, we're back. I think we're back. Uh, did it, did we disappear for a while? I see you. I'm still here. Oh, you did see me. Okay, good. Oh, For a minute there, I really thought like Mark Zuckerberg was in his his office going, get that guy off of my social media site. Get it off. Does it help if we share? It absolutely does. Please share this as much as possible, because I think the more you share, the more uh, Facebook is going to realize they can't stop us and that we are going to, you know, we're not saying anything bad. We're just voicing our opinions and that this country has a lot of different opinions and you've got to be able to, uh, you've got to be able to express those. So please do share. Please also do comment. No, you were here. I never lost you. That award is completely meaningless now. I see and hear you. Lots of skipping. Oh, great news. Okay. So it's just an internet problem. It's not a Facebook problem. My apologies to Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) You know, it's funny because once I was on, um, I was doing a live radio broadcast for my morning show and we we got, there was a huge lightning storm or whatever, and the radio station went off the air and I started talking to my co-host and I said, I don't hear anything. And we got these signals and alarms going off We're off the air. So we didn't know what to do. And I started talking. I was like, well, this sucks. And we just kept blabbering. Then we started just talking about, you know, uh, just carrying on with the show, but really being kind of like rude and vulgar. And I don't think I said any wordy dirts, but all of a sudden the phone rang and it was our boss. And he said, hey. I know that the radio station's down and nobody can hear you in their cars, but the internet live stream is still up and we can still hear you online. And I said, ah, great point. So we just played music until um, until the radio uh, came back up. Okay, good. Let's move on because there's some other really interesting and important news today that came out. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Joe Biden. I'm sure you'll enjoy uh, your Medal of Freedom. I don't really know. I don't really know why you got... And this isn't just sour grapes. I'm not just mad because I never got a medal. Look... I'm no dummy. I realize I will never be recognized by the White House for any of my contributions to society. I get it. I'm totally the last award I won was in 2001. I used to have it up on my desk, but my wife told me my wife actually came in and said, look, these awards that you won because I had two of them. There was one was uh, best on air talent when I uh, worked in Washington, D.C. The other one was best new talent in the market. Both were from like 2001, 2002. And finally, my wife came in like four years ago and said, you know, you may think this is impressive, but it's not because it just shows people that you haven't won any awards in like 15 years. <laughs> and I looked at it and I thought about it and I was like, what would I do if I walked into someone's office and I saw that they won an award in 2001? I said, yeah, you know what? I would probably ridicule them either in my own head or to their face or both. So I put them away, <laughs> put them away in the closet. And should I, should I win any awards in the next couple of years, I will display those on my wall But as you can see, uh, the wall is bare. All right. So let's talk. Let's stick with Barack Obama for just a minute because he did something else today uh, that was interesting. He was, uh, what is this comment? She sounds like my wife. Auburn, does that constitute an abuse of power? What, giving Barack, giving Joe Biden the the, uh, presidential medal of freedom? You know what? That's an interesting point. Whoever commented that, that's a really interesting point. Is it an abuse of power? Is it just Barack Obama saying to his buddy, hey, listen, before we get out of here, I want to, you know, what else can we, you know what, I can give you the Medal of, uh, Medal of Freedom. You didn't ever do anything. You didn't get a chance to take my job. Thank God for that. Couple close calls, but thank God you didn't. You never got to vote in the Senate because, well, let's just face it, there were never either all the Democrats were voting one way or all the Republicans were voting one way. Joe, for the last eight years, you never really got any recognition whatsoever. In fact, I Wikipedia'd you and there was just a blank page under accomplishments that said none, not applicable. And I don't want that to happen, Joe, because we're buddies. We got a bromance going. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you something to put on your resume for eight and a half years of hard for eight and a half years of work for eight and a half years of showing up every day. I'm going to give you the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And that way, you'll have something to show for your time in the White House, because you didn't even run for president. You don't even have that, like, like, uh, like anybody, you know, somebody else. Hell, even Al Gore made a run for it, made millions selling global warming retail. So here you go, Joe, here's your award. I, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he just felt sorry for his friend and he thought, before I leave, I'm going to abuse my power one more time and I'm going to award you the uh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom with honors. It was like the highest one awarded. Only three people, I think, he said, in the last like 20 years have received the same level of distinction Joe Biden just got. Which shows you it, and it was, it was like Ronald Reagan, Pope John Paul II, and General Colin Powell. And when you think about it, those are three people who accomplished a great deal of things, made a, a world of good and a lot of change for a lot of people in the world. Ronald Reagan basically ended the Soviet Union, brought America into a, an a amazing, uh, you know, a couple decades of prosperity, ended the Cold War. That's a pretty good accomplishment. John Paul II, one of the greatest religious leaders of all time, clearly, one of the most beloved Catholics kept the Christian faith strong throughout the entire world and was also a, a respected leader politically. And then General Colin Powell, who, yes, he was a general and a joint chiefs of staff and uh, he was okay for a while. Uh, then, you know, then he turned all, then he turned all liberal and I kind of lost, I kind of lost interest. But yeah, maybe it is an abuse of power. I don't know. Here's something else we should talk about though. Let's talk a little bit about Cuba because uh, Barack Obama, he basically turned his back on the Cuban people. And I'm not really sure why. I've been investigating it. I've been reading about it all day. But there's this thing called Wet Foot, Dry Foot, and and basically it was a uh, it was a presidential proclamation, or it was something that was put in uh, it put in place. It was understood that if Cubans came to the United States and they set foot on American land as political refugees uh, seeking asylum, they pretty much were guaranteed the ability to stay here in the United States. And Barack Obama just just unilaterally ended it. U.S. ending wet foot, dry foot policy for Cubans. President Barack Obama, this is from CNN by the way, because I figure, you know, we should stick with the fake news sources that really matter. President Barack Obama is ending the long-standing wet foot, dry foot policy that allows Cubans who arrive in the U.S. without a visa to become permanent residents. The move, which wasn't previously outlined and is likely one of the final foreign policy decisions of Obama's term, Terminates a decades-long policy that many argued amounted to preferential treatment for a single group of migrants. President Barack Obama wrote, By taking this step, we are treating Cuban migrants the same way we treat migrants from other countries. This is interesting to me. So basically, Barack Obama is saying, Hey, Cuba, we've been giving you all this special treatment the whole time I've been president. And now that I'm no longer president, before I go, we're going to treat you like every other immigrant who tries to seek asylum in this country. I don't really understand that. I don't really understand the, the, the reasoning behind that. I'm not sure why that decision was made. I will say this, though, to my uh, to my Cuban friends, if I have any. Mis amigos cubanos, if you're watching. Uh, yo soy Marco K. Y uh, mi español es muy, no es muy bueno. But uh, el presidente de Usta- los Estados Unidos, Barack Obama. El, uh, no, say, you know what? I can't do this in Spanish. Uh, He basically doesn't care about you as much as you thought. It's interesting. He, he, he opened up the borders and he reopened trade and he let the planes fly in and he sent Beyonce and Jay-Z there. And I guess he thought, Hey, the country's good now. Castro's dead. You guys are fine. You don't need to come here anymore, but that's not exactly what happens. That's not how countries change. They don't change that fast. Barack Obama, by coming in and saying, you know what? We can now buy Cuban cigars and go stay in Cuban hotels we can do all that stuff. So that country's going to that country's going to bounce back. You guys, you don't need asylum here in the United States anymore. We're going to treat you like everybody else. That is the only thing I can I can possibly think is behind this decision. That's his mindset. You know, Jay-Z and Beyonce go there, clearly the country's fine. But you know, if you're listening in Cuba or if you are Cuban or you know someone who's Cuban, rest assured Barack Obama did not fix your country. I mean, he could barely even fix he couldn't fix this one. He had 8 years. You can fix your country from within on your own if you stay there and work toward it. But there's a lot of Cubans that were left high and dry because of this wet foot, dry foot policy, uh, which was just which was just revoked uh, by President Obama. I would have thought that he would have left it alone, waited for Donald Trump to come in, have Donald Trump repeal it or end it or whatever, and then be heralded as a tyrant and an anti-immigrant, uh, you know, dictator who didn't care about anyone other than Americans, I would have thought that would have been the more likely scenario. But, uh, you know, he's, he's got to maybe he, maybe he did it accidentally. Maybe he just was signing all these executive orders because he's like, I only got one week left. Let's give Joe Biden the medal. Let's sign all these things. Maybe he signed it accidentally and he didn't mean to. I don't know. I'm not sure what the reasoning behind that was. Uh, all right. Let's let's turn to Donald Trump because we do only have one week left of Barack Obama. And then this man, Donald J. Trump, uh, becomes president of the United States. This is my Donald J. Trump pen, by the way. I got it on election night. Some lady was handing them out, and she gave me one. And it speaks, too. Listen. I will be the greatest president that God ever created. Isn't that cool? And it says that it has multiple phrases. Look, I'm really rich. Yeah. There's this one. I
1: will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't wear a toupee. I don't wear a toupee. It goes. Is my hand? It goes on and on. There's. Oh, you know what? Maybe I'll put this in the deplora box. Maybe I'll do that. Let me mention that too, because uh, because uh, here's one thing that we've been really excited about, and that is um, our iTunes podcast is growing by leaps and bounds. We have been we have been downloaded like almost a thousand times. I checked it this morning. It was like a 1,000 times yesterday. So it's really exciting. And iTunes is a great place for this kind of broadcast because you can listen to it at your leisure. You can listen to it in the car. You can share it with other people. Uh, It's a great, you know, it's on the internet. So people that don't know about it can find it very easily. And so what I've done is I put together one of the best things uh, for anyone who has an iTunes podcast is to show up on what's called new and noteworthy. And that's basically like the bestseller list. And you know what happens when you go to the bookstore you see the bestseller list and you're like, all right, let me look at these first. And you start reading the back. You go, oh, I kind of like this. If you're on the bestseller list, it's a, it's a self-fulfilling process, prophecy. You're going to keep selling more books and you will stay on the bestseller list for a long time. New and Noteworthy works very similarly, only it's for podcasts. And in order to get on New and Noteworthy, you have to get a lot of subscriptions, you have to get a lot of downloads, and you have to get a lot of positive five-star reviews. We've gotten a ton of reviews, a ton of downloads, and a ton of uh, subscribers, but we always need more. So, If you haven't yet already, and again, my Facebook just went down again, so I don't know. Oh, I think I'm back. Uh, If you haven't yet already, go to the iTunes store. There's a link in the description of this video and download it and also leave a leave a, uh, a review and subscribe to it and you'll be entered to win the Deplora box. This is, in seven days, Donald Trump will be uh, inaugurated as the next president. I will be there. I'll be in Washington, D.C., and I'm going to fill this box up with stuff, much like this. In fact, you know what I'll do? I will throw this pen in there. If you want the Donald Trump talking pen, I will be the greatest president that God ever created. I will put, in fact, that's the first thing. Look, it's in the box. I'm also going to fill it with hats and T-shirts and stickers and whatever other crap I can find while I wander the streets of uh, Washington, D.C. And I'm going to package it all up. I'm going to go to the iTunes list. I'm going to find somebody who left a review, somebody who's subscribed, somebody who's been listening and downloading and helping us get to that new and noteworthy status. And I'm going to mail you the box free of charge. Um, you know, that's just one of the ways that I'm actually helping, um, you know, this podcast grow, which helps us all. Because again, the, the the bigger and better we are, the the better interviews we can get, uh, you know, the more access we get, uh, the more people will talk to us, the more stuff, like I said, I can buy for the walls because the woods nice, but maybe we want to hang, I don't know, a picture or something back to maybe get some, some different lighting, uh, better camera setup. There's you know, there's, there's also, we get some cool graphics. I don't know. We'll figure it all out. We'll figure it all out, but definitely take a minute today if you haven't already and visit, um, Visit the iTunes store and do that. I still can't get on Facebook, so I'm not really sure what's going on with the broadcast, but uh, we're recording the podcast at the same time. So we'll just keep going. Let me wrap it up, though, uh, by just talking about these celebrities, because these celebrities, I, I, it's interesting to me to, to that uh, Hollywood, they don't really know how to respond to Donald Trump and they don't really know what to do anymore. They're kind of floundering they thought that they could get out in droves and just toss a bunch of money at Hillary Clinton and she would win. She would spend enough and she would buy enough negative advertising and she would convince people that Donald Trump was a horrible person and she would win. And they thought they could get a bunch of celebrities to go out there and and talk about what a horrible person Donald Trump was. They thought Lena Dunham could say some horrible things. Uh, They thought they would have all these, all these, uh, you know, celebrities from other countries talk about what, uh, how horrible he is to foreigners. Then they thought, well, maybe if we threaten to leave the country, Maybe because, you know, everybody loves us. We're celebrities. As Meryl Streep said, I mean, if we weren't here, you guys wouldn't have anything to watch but football and uh, MMA, mixed martial arts, which is not arts. So they're thinking, all right, well, we'll just threaten to leave and that'll put a jolt in the United States voters and the, uh, votership. That'll put a jolt in all of the constituents and they'll realize, well, we can't have all these celebrities leave. What are we going to do without Samuel L. Jackson and Jon Stewart? What are we going to do without Raven Simone? What are we going to do without Miley Cyrus? All these people who we love, they're going to go to Canada. We'll never see them again because clearly moving to Canada means that they wouldn't be importing their product back to the United States for mass consumption. No, no, that would never happen. Well, anyway, they didn't leave. They're still here. So we know that they're liars. And now they're still trying to figure out a way to defeat Donald Trump. They're trying to do it with their Golden Globe speeches. They're trying to do it with their MTV videos. They're trying to do it uh, with, their, with their obstruction videos. And now that Donald Trump has not only been verified, but has only said there's nothing that can stop Donald Trump from becoming the next president of the United States. And now that they realize that, they've started to attack his ears, by singing. (laughs) I guess, I guess, I guess this is like a, it's a positive. It shows that they're going through the 12 steps. Uh, you know, there's acceptance and now they're just, now they're just trying to basically survive. And they're doing that by releasing a video of a bunch of celebrities singing Gloria Gaynor's I will survive. And I use the term singing very loosely. Take a listen. First I was afraid. I was petrified. Kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong. And I grew strong. And I learned how to get along. And so you're back. You have to march from outer space. I just walked in to find you here with that sad look upon your face.
1: I should have changed that stupid log.
0: I should have made They're you not leave even really thinking.
1: If I'd known for just one second. You'd be back to bother me. Go on now, go. Walk out the door. Just turn around now. Because you're not welcome anymore. Weren't you the one who tried to hurt me with goodbye? Did you think I'd crumble? Do you think
0: I'd lay down and die? No, no, not I. I will survive. Oh, as
1: long as I know how to love, I know I'll stay alive. I've got all my life to live.
0: And I've got all my love to give. And I'll survive.
1: I will survive. Hey, hey. I like that part. I will survive! That's (laughs) a great
0: Oh, that was from W Magazine, by the way. First of all, a lot of those people aren't even, like Dev Patel, he's British. So I don't know what his problem is. He's probably still pissed off about the Brexit. A lot of the other ones, I, they, first of all, they weren't even singing. They were reading, which I don't know. And I don't even know that the song is appropriate. I don't know that the words of the song, had they changed the words of the song or, or altered them in some way, maybe parodied them, parodied them, that would have made a bigger impact. But at this point, I think they're just so desperate, they don't know what to do. They're looking for any quirky viral type video that they can think of to make an impact. And the fact, it's a little sad. I'll be honest with you. It's a little, as somebody who makes viral videos for a living, I can tell you that's just That's just that's just disappointing. All right. Listen, uh, we're going to we're going to wrap this one up. This has been a great one, by the way. Seven days, folks. Seven days till Donald Trump takes the oath of office. Uh, Don't forget, you can uh, subscribe to the iTunes podcast and be entered to win the deplore box. Leave a comment. Very important. Make sure you're downloading and listening to the episodes. Oh, by the way, the where is it? The You Are Fake News t-shirt is still available. We sold a bunch of these yesterday. This commemorates the day that uh, Vice President-elect Donald Trump looked at the uh, reporter Jim Acosta from CNN and loudly proclaimed for all the world to hear. Yeah, you can, you can get that shirt uh, by clicking the link as well in the video description. Uh, I, mean, I didn't get a text from my mother, so hopefully she's doing well. Or she's not, and they just can't find my information. Either way, I'm gonna go check on her. Uh, have a wonderful weekend. It's a long weekend. Martin Luther King Jr. Day is on Monday. I don't think I'll be podcasting that day, but I will be back Tuesday. And uh, as soon as I can get back on Facebook, I'll you know I'll post some stuff there too. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks so much for watching.